Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Lack of Focus podcast. I am your host, Ed Horn. Tonight, for this particular episode, and alongside me are going to be my co-host, one Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Very, very good, Ed. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. And our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how's it going, my friend? Good, thanks, Ed. It's almost like we didn't go anywhere. All back again. All that was good is good again. We are back and we are going to be doing a new format. And for this episode, I will be playing host for our main topic tonight, which is when to take your games seriously. However, let's kind of dive into what we've been doing a little bit lately, a much shorter version of what we've been doing lately. Sean, I will start with you. What have you been doing lately? Your best, your best take at it. What I have been doing lately is buying more arcade machines. Still. <laughs> yeah. More? Yep. Which ones did you get this time? So Arcade 1-Up had a charity a charity um, warehouse sale for the American Red Cross, which was really I saw cool. this and thought of you. Yep. And so last Saturday they did an eight-hour, basically an eight-hour show from a bar in California or it was not a bar. It was you know a brewery or whatever, whatever they call them. I don't. I microbreweries. Yeah, something like Every that. Every town's got one now. Yeah. Um. So they were doing it, and they were you know basically selling their games at a discount. You don't know what the price is, and the way that they did it was like you reserved the ability to buy a game. So I reserved without knowing the price. Without knowing, I mean. It, the prices got out, so you know what the prices are because they were doing the same thing locally at the place, and then they were doing it online over the eight hours of basically they had YouTube YouTube YouTubers that are in that arcade community on for an hour each and stuff. So it'll they be you soon, a, Sean. It'll be you soon enough. Soon enough. Getting set up. Good possibility. Good possibility. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so I reserved a copy of what's called they call Big Blue, but it's the Street Fighter Two cabinet. Yeah. Um, and then I reserved a copy of it's um the Galaga cabinet, which I already have all the games, but this is a Galaga specific cabinet. So it's because it's got the it's got the art on it, and uh, yeah, it'll be you know an actual Galaga cabinet with the premier game is Galaga. And then I think I'll gain like one or two new games off of that. Um, and then today I purchased, well, sorry, I take that back. Then on Monday, Arcade 1UP had a kind of another liquidation sale of some of their newer stuff where um, they had their T2, which I've already bought T2. Um, their T2 cabinet went on sale um, for, it was basically, what was it? It was um 400 off for t2 and 400 off for ridge racer Ooh. ridge racer cabinet i would have bought the other one if i didn't already have it um so and then you pay shipping along with it so you know it was about 350 off total for the whole thing so i bought that that arrived today um and then i still haven't gotten the the information yet to buy the other two cabinets so now I'm kind of hitting that point where I'm getting a little nervous about space in the basement for all of my cabinets. I can imagine. <laughs> You're going to start selling them as well. We'll have a business going. Yeah. <laughs> the The other cabinet I bought today was the third at games cabinet. 
which is their single player cabinet. And of course I'll put coin ops X on it and have access to pretty much every game, you know, ever made. Um, but basically, you know, for right now, that should be the end of all of my purchases. Um, I still have an II arcade cabinet coming, which is decorated in the dragon's lair decorations. It's a beautiful cabinet. So when that arrives and that'll be the last one coming for now until NFL blitz comes out. Um, but in an eight by 16 space, I'm kind of getting nervous about <laughs> where to put all these, where to put everything. Yeah. I mean, it's still a big enough space where I could do two rows if I wanted to, you know, there's a lot I can do. And these cabinets aren't full size, regular, you know, 23 inch screen arcade cabinets. They're yeah. They're nowhere near as deep. As yeah. The they're they're 17 inch screen cabinets. So they're probably 22 to 24 inches wide on most of them. Did you even get um, a cathode ray tube in that? Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't fit. I, I do have the, the at games ultimate that I have is, is a 23 inch cab. You know, it's like a, standard size but of course it's an led you know the the beauty of today and arcade games today is they're not on a cathode ray tube and you know tubes and multiple electronics that would cost you five hundred dollars for an hour to run one of the games today you know yeah. it's all it's all lcd you know and they're all run on pcb board so you're running on basically the same type of power supply you have for a laptop. You right. know, it's a, a three and a half to five, you know, five microamp or whatever it is power supply. So you're running about, you know, 10 watts, I think, something like that at a time with the machine on. So I could have all the machines on and really not still affect an electric bill, you know, having them all on um, as I go. So that's kind of been my week when it comes to any type of gaming. Um, you know, and I still have to finish the arc building the, the subfloor first, and then painting. Once all that's done though, then it's just starting to move games in and then starting to stress and sweat about space and, and you know, the, the things that really matter and making sure I have power in the right places. So yeah, but, that's going to be the big problem at that point. Nah, I got a plan on that. I'm, There's I'm big like long that. construction strips. No, I can run outlets if I want to. You know, I have access oh, okay. to everything. You want to get to a point where you're going to add in an extra ring, though, off the, the, the box. You don't want it blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have so, a ring yeah. for just just that room. Yeah, it's not that yeah. hard to do. Yeah, and actually, yeah. I can split circuitry with my basement yeah. if I want to. You know, but yeah. once again, it's not like I'm running a million games, and if it's only me down there, I'm only going to have the game on that I'm playing. Yeah, you know, right. I'm not gonna. Uh, have, you've got to have like at least the yeah. ones next to it just for the ambiance. <laughs> yeah, the ambiance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get so, some Pac-Man fever paying in the speakers or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to get you know the the '80s music. You know, it's yeah. all '80s music that you got to get going. That Spotify's uh, for. Exactly. Yeah, I got to build out my arcade. What do you mean? You know, it's Kate Bush, not like number one. She is all and including Master of Puppets for Metallica just hit broke into the top 100 again for the first time in 37 years. So by the 80s, you mean 2022? Just turn the radio yeah, yeah. on, it will be fine. Yeah, because every everybody's redoing everything or or their own stuff. 
Yeah, no, it's Stranger Things. Stranger Things, because it's based in the 80s, that one song got really, really big when the first half came in, and then Master of Puppets hit the top 100 again because it's in the last episode. Hold on now, hold hold on now, now. Let's, if we're going to go into a Stranger Things, I've never seen an episode of it, but that's kind of what made Arcade 1-Up blow up, too, is because they had a few arcades in there yep. in one of the episodes, and next thing you know... Everybody wanted to build their own arcade again because they remember what it was like. And, you know... <laughs> So one of the cool things about the hobby is the YouTubers and, you know, like how the differences between kind of how this hobby is and what people's preferences are for arcades. You know, some of the people are about the games, um, some of the YouTubers or about the cabinets. So they buy the cabinets, don't play any of the games on the cabinet, but they have the cabinet in their home arcade. And then the other ones I think are out there just a bitch about the product, you know, <laughs> a whole other level. Or oh, come on. That, that comes with every community. Exactly. But, you know, for me finding, you know, this community, which to me should be a relatively benign community, because you're not paying, you know, $3,000 for an arcade cabinet. You're paying, you know, between four and $600 on the norm, $400 and $700 on three quarter scale cabinets that have multiple games. You know, the I have one cabinet that has three games right now, and that's my Frogger cabinet, and it has Time Pilot and Time Pilot 88 or 80 or whatever the other Time Pilot game is. And I bought that because Time Pilot's my favorite game, but, you know, why would I buy that cabinet if I'm not going to play a game, at least one game on it, you know? Right. But a lot of it is the complaints about the artwork, you know, which just blows me. It's not the original artwork. Well, okay. Hold on, let me get my violin out here because mm-hmm. you know part of this part of it is is you know companies companies have to buy the you know the rights to the games to be able to put them on the machines, and then companies have to buy the rights to the artwork a lot of time because the artwork's not open source. You know, if somebody, you know, when you when you look at licenses for the ROMs for games, it, it's kind of interesting. I've learned that you know. They're like, like, uh, some companies like Atari. Okay. Here's a good example. Pole position, right? Pole position was, was another company's game, but it was distributed by Atari. So it was an Atari machine, Atari artwork, but the game was made by somebody else. So you have cross licensing there too, which is interesting to me. And like arcade one up just came out with the dragon's lair cab. So they have a cab. It's beautiful. It's arcade or it's a, Dragon's Lair theme cab that has, you know, it has the the control panel where the joysticks and buttons and everything is. It's beautiful. It's Dragon's Lair. It's got great artwork, but it's not the original artwork. So people that complain about that, it's not the original artwork. Okay. Oh, for Pete's sake. And then people complain about the game itself because remember that was a laser disc game. It was. So transferring a laser disc game onto a you know onto media today you're not going to get everything to sync perfectly because you're not playing an original Laserdisc game and the Daphne, you know, the Daphne system that played it is very hard to emulate. So, so it was funny because, you know, everybody, you know, was like, Oh, it's great. And then they got to the dragon scene. And when, when, uh, when the princess is talking, her mouth is not moving at the same time. It's not in sync with the words and stuff. So they were complaining about that. And it's like, I'm like, you know, here's the deal. You know, I was, 
1983, when that came out, I was, what, uh, 13, 14 years old and just dying to play that game. You know, that was oh, yeah, because it was so cool. What was the first two token game? So you had to put two tokens in, not one. So that was one part of it. So and then it had the screen on top so everybody could watch you play. And then it had it had a, a digital display for the score. But it was like a, you know, like a calculator looking display. And, you know, now you can buy that. You can literally go out today, buy it, put it in your house and play the damn thing on multiple systems, you know, but people have to complain. People were complaining about the IR arcade version of it, which were not sponsored by any of these companies, but the IR arcade version has beautiful side art. I mean, it is unbelievable side art, which is why I got that a beautiful marquee for it. But then they're bitching about the console because the, where the controls are, there's no artwork for Dragon's Lair. I mean, I mean I'm sure if you're going to complain about it, like, why wouldn't you just buy an original machine? You know, that's, that's well, exactly. gonna be happy. well, there's so. there's only I think there's only like 10 original Dragon's Lair machines actually working in the world today. Really? Yeah, because the laser disc part of it, you know, that's old technology when it comes to all of that. Doesn't answer my question, Sean. If you're going to complain about it, I understand. I feel no. like. I agree with you on that. I totally agree. And it's like, yeah, I can see flaws, you know? I mean, like when I look at stuff, if I were a reviewer of stuff, I could see flaws and I would point them out, but they wouldn't be the biggest part of the, you know, of my video or whatever. It would be the least amount. My, my Atari cab. Okay. So I have an Atari cab that has Tempest and Missile Command and all those Atari games on it. Centipede, Millipede. And my son pointed it out to me because I don't roll, I don't use roller balls like everybody else does, but the plastic that's surrounding it, you know, because there's a plexiglass piece that's on top, plexiglass, but it's just plastic piece that's an overlay to protect the top of the, you know, the control panel. And, you know, so you don't wear it out and stuff. And if you play it, you know, with the palm in your hand, your palm could get stuck in the plastic, you know? Because of the way the trackball is rolls in, it it's not flush with the edges of the trackball. It's a little higher. So yeah, you know, I remember playing Atari, and and I don't know if you remember X's and O's football, the two player gigantic Atari sure uh, game. You know, I remember playing that in the arcades way back when, and your palm would get stuck, your skin would get stuck in the roller. You know, because the ball you know, the way that it was designed back then. And I'm like, but here's the deal. That's not a problem. You know, Oh, the, the little wheel doesn't move as swiftly as like the one on the ultimate cab, the at games cab for Tempest. Who gives a shit? Yep. You know, I can still play it. Cause I don't play that the same way. I don't sit there and manhandle it like this. I actually play with my fingertip because you actually can manipulate it better like playing Tempest. I was always a, the two finger. Like two finger, two, right. Two, yeah, the two finger approach yep. to it. Exactly. And, you know, so it's like, yes, these games are not perfect. They are not authentic, real arcade machines from 1983 or 82 or 81. But who cares? You know, if you can play the games that you love to play, but not all of them are about the games. They're, they're collectors. You know, they're more about collecting the cabs than the games, and they want the artwork. and great but for a lot of people out there i'm about the games you know it's and you know my handle on youtube is late to the games because i am always late to everything mm-hmm. I didn't, you know 
There, there are shows out there that I didn't get into like till season three. You know, I didn't know about Firefly until the movie Serenity came out. That's how bad I am about things, you know, because I don't pay attention to the world, you know, that, that full world around me. You know, I, I, I kind of just live in my own bubble and, but with this gaming, I'm two years late. That's why I had to travel to Kansas city to pick up the star Wars, you know, the Atari star Wars game, um, that has three games on it. And I'm fine with that. You know, I had to pay a little bit more than original price on it. And I'm okay with that. Cause it, it's a beautiful cab, you know, and it plays great, you know, but I'm there about the, the games. I'm not there about the cabinets or anything else. If I'm playing pinball, I could care less what the sides look like because I'm not looking at the sides. Right. You're specifically looking at the screen. No, so what difference is I'm it? I'm paying attention. You know, people complain about the at games pinball machine because it's the screen is only a 720p screen. Well, remember, we are, and people are complaining about monitors. So one of the hardest things in the world to get right now is quality monitors. Because China is shut down, you know, a lot of their, or we're late on production with things. So getting TN or IPS monitors, they have to go with BOE monitors, which means when you look at a BOE monitor, you don't get side view. So yeah. everything starts to wash out when you're looking at it from the side. That's why businesses use a lot of BOE monitors, because when you look at it straight on, which is what you're supposed to do, they work just fine. You know, so for my... For my uh, Golden T 3D, I went out and bought a monitor, a 19-inch Dell monitor. It's an IPS monitor. That'll problem-solve all that. No color washout, no nothing. You know, so there's solutions to problems. You had to pay a little bit more, but who cares, you know? I'm about the games. I'm not about the, you know... I may get into a little bit of modding here and there, but, you know, that's another whole side of this community, too, is the modding of arcade machines and stuff. Yeah, see, for me, it's the game preservation. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be able to play as much of an authentic representation of that game as possible. I recognize that some of this technology is 40 plus some years old. Yeah. So the hardware isn't necessarily that important to me, such you as the. Hardware, I, yeah. You don't, because if you're getting original hardware, you're getting an old tube monitor. Right. You're, you're getting, getting you're old, getting old old IC chips. Yep. You're getting old boards that are just full of capacitors. Mm-hmm. That are ready to pop. And you have to know how to, you know, replace capacitors. You have to be able to do all that, you know. Yep. Um to me I like the fact that, you know, ROMs exist in the wild and you can get them and you know, you can play pretty much any game you really want to if you really want to now. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm not entirely on board with the idea of necessarily game theft, but as one of the topics I proposed for, for shows tonight uh, kind of spills into that category with digital gaming versus physical media. We've seen multiple instances in the last couple of weeks of these large uh, multi-million dollar companies um, that are just letting games vanish into the ether that have no intentions of ever bringing them to the forefront, bringing them into the more modern consoles. Those games are just quite literally going to die. So unless you physically own a copy of that game, you can no longer play it, which I find is it's, it's abhorrent in my, you're trying to preserve these games, which is the reason why 
in those instances, if I have no legal way to purchase that game and play it on something and the hardware is getting older and older. Yeah. And that's I, that, why that falls it. into a moral gray area, in my opinion. Well, and that's well, that's why I, like I own all the uh, games for the uh, ROMs that I put onto my PSP. That's my backup copies. Yeah. So I have the physical media available. Right. I don't have a system to play them on. But I've got my PS. I've got my PS2, but you know. Yep. That's why I have my PS3 and all the PS3 yeah. games that I'm playing. I own physical copies. Mm-hmm. Some of those games are trapped on that console. They cannot go anywhere else because they've never been brought over. Metal Gear Solid Five, trapped on the PS3. Yep. So anyway, that's what I've been doing this week. Cool. I'll try to make mine short, and then we'll kick it over to Chris. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit Sean's dying. <laughs> You're gonna have to. Yeah. Every week, Chris, that's gonna be just the worst thing. No, I, I will logging uh, when- my arcade talk. No, when I'm the host, I'll just be all over you, Sean. And I say, pick one thing. Like, you have not been one of the people complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to have a main topic, as man, people bitch about video games. I'm all, I'm there with you, my friend. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah. see what happens. Uh, it's okay my, my, because it's my brain is zero. My brain is a deep, dark chasm, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so mine real quick. I am absolutely in love with the Adepta Sororitas for the Warhammer 40Ks. Uh, I've gotten quite a few games, and I'm actually taking this army quite seriously. I've gotten to the point that I used to have one of those little 3D printed things for keeping score, and you have to move all these little dials, and then in the not the most recent, the one before that um, version of the 40k tournament rules, they changed all that up and basically made my little 3D printing thing kind of irrelevant. So I taken down to actually printing physical paper sheets, which are now getting popular at the game store because everyone wants one from me. I had to print a whole bunch off more today because they're super easy to keep track of, but I'm saving mine so that I can quite literally go back. Okay, so two games ago, like for example, on Tuesday, I played Knights for the first time and I played against chaos knights and he had 10 knights on the table at 1500 points which i looked at that and went that is 150 toughness seven wounds how do i get through this because <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot to get through it was one i'd never played the guy before mike he's a new player he just recently moved to the area was looking to get play some games we took a little bit of time to get the game hooked up but we finally got a chance to play on tuesday uh fantastic game had a great time with the player that i played with lots of laughs lots of jokes he did something that was really cool in his and i applauded it even though it killed my retributor squad they were hiding in cover and uh, those are my main reasons and how i was going to be able to kill knights and i had a horrible turn one and didn't kill any knights and i went oh crap this game's over but fought it out to the end um and we ended up calling it at turn four because he knew I got him down to eight or got him down to two knights. I killed eight of his small knights. He was down to two small knights. I had enough objectives on the board that on my turn, I was going to score four full points on primary. He was only going to score eight. I was going to score 12. There was no way he was going to catch up. So we called the game. I get down to the end and it's a tie. 
58 to 58 before we can count, before we write everything else into it. Now, admittedly, if we had gone turn five, all I have to do is say, okay, my turn five, because it's my first turn, I would have scored 12 points. I had a whole bunch of secondaries. I probably would have blown past him at that because he just simply didn't have any more models on the board to help. That having been said, fantastic game. Really enjoyed it. Um, Chad has been working with his uh, Chaos Space Marines with a little bit of sprinkling of the uh, Games Works, uh, the... Um, what am I thinking? White dwarf, white, white dwarf uh, corn berserkers, and Karn. Um, Gabe, uh, watched my son Gabriel. I uh, sat down and played knights for the first time in a crusade match, and he was like, "Oh God, what am I going to do?" And he literally raffle stomped this poor guy <laughs> in crusade because he was genuinely afraid. Like, "Oh my God, he's got two big ones and two little ones. Like, I, I don't know how to handle that." So we got an, a, a good experience playing uh, knights, both chaos and imperial, in the last couple. And if you want more details on that. There may be another show in the work that's going to talk strictly about 40K. We'll get to that later. Chris, <laughs> I defer to you, my good sir. Um, I have been working on the website. That's all up and running now. Dicehate.com actually works. I, I didn't lie. I it, the, the website was live when the last show went live. I am the fact looking that the last at it as we speak. The, the fact that the last show went live a day late and the URL didn't work is irrelevant. It means that I didn't lie. <laughs> I absolutely fulfilled my obligation. Well, I, my obligation was by the time the show goes live, the website will work. I didn't say what website, you know, www.dicehate.com didn't work. Uh, what, what was that first one? Was it like avocados and something? At Squarespace was the URL for a little bit. Then I managed to like change it to Dice Hate at yeah, Squarespace. That was arugula um, avocado or something like arugula, that. Arugula, that was it. Arugula, yeah. Um, so that was a little bit of a. It was basically GoDaddy just playing. Uh, what would my granddad say? Playing silly buggers. Silly, um, silly buggers. I like that. Yeah, they they like. Oh, if you want to transfer your domain, do you? Well, you know, you could be anyone. So we're not going to even start for five days, I'm like, but it's me. I verified everything, and I don't want to give you my money anymore. Just, just I want my domain just to give move, my damn please. Domain. Yeah. Um, so I had to sit and wait, and then to be good, I, as soon as that day was up, the next day I'll transfer, and I got an email. Everything's done. So great. Um, but yeah, so I spent a bunch of time doing that. So that's great for um, moving everything forwards. And I feeling like progress is happening. Uh, we had our little meeting um, where we like went over some plans. I was a little so late. That, I was a little late to that. And I'm sorry. Well, I mean, it, it was not but still. Yeah, it was fine. Um, and then gaming wise, I've been playing Warcry. I was going to run Warcry at the store because we had like event kits that I never ran, so I didn't know how to play, and then. A new edition was of Warcry is coming out. Probably my expectation would be September time. There's going to be a new edition of Warcry, uh, and I was like, "Well, I want to get these kits ran beforehand." So, um, been playing a lot of Warcry with my uh, Demons of Nurgle. So that meant that I had to take the Demons of Nurgle out of my cabinet and <laughs> put, and actually go through basing them, which meant that I had Plague Bearers on 25 millimeter bases. Because I took them off the square bases and put them onto 25mm rounds like four years ago. And I didn't do a basing material on them because I was lazy. But I'm like, I mean, it's only seven or eight models I need. It'll be fine. 
then I was like, oh. So then I found some files that I could modify to be um, 28 to 32 millimeter base rings. So I've got, I I added those to 50 plague bearers. So that'll be an item that'll go in the the dice eight shop at some point because I have a million of them left. Um, So I've been working on things to go in the web store. Um, Very cool. But yeah, it's been good. Uh, I'm actually really enjoying it. The basing is really intricate. I've been doing um, like swamp plague, swampy bases with like skulls sat in the, the pools in the swamps and everything. But it's on on the Instagram for uh, Dice Eight. Um, I think they look pretty cool. I've also posted them in the Discord uh, in the painting stuff in there. But I'm I'm pretty proud of the bases on those actually. Yeah, they, uh, look, but, they look really cool. I was actually did you, was that the article that you posted too that I was reading on how you did those? Uh, no, that was the way I was going to do the basing, which I decided I didn't like. So then I decided on this one. So it's going to be an article specifically. I, I'm actually probably going to do an Instagram reel. Ooh. No, is that a reel? Oh, on Instagram. What? Come on, no, no, I'm not. I'm not down with the kids. I don't know what the Instagrams are called. The, the video that's like a minute long that goes on Instagram, whatever short. that is. Short. Yeah, it'd be a YouTube, a YouTube short on how call, to do those bases. Call it a vine and show how much of a boomer you really are. Come on, you can do no. it. <laughs> what is Instagram? It's the best. I I actually prefer Instagram. The Facebook because I don't have to interact with people. Yeah, like I, I was all over Instagram because they start they uh, NASA released the photos from the James Webb this yep. week and yep. the deep field images that they were doing. Holy cow! And that that yeah. was just the those are just warm up photos. That's just getting everything turned on. They still haven't gotten all the calibrations correct. So no, 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 no. Those are the actuals now. No, no, no. I know that, but like, so the calibration the, was done. The calibration was done. And I don't mean to correct you like this, but no, 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 by I'm means. To, calibrations were done in May for the whole thing. So that deep field was a 12 hour image. They took of that, that cluster. Yeah. Is it, that was a 12 hour. It took Hubble to get the deep field like a week. Mm-hmm. It took James Webb to get that detailed in 12 hours. Correct. And and really and truthfully, it could have been even better in that time frame. But what they were focusing on, you know, you just get freebie stuff now. The only thing I'm gonna have to I'm genuinely gonna have to get used to is seeing those little star brights off of them. Now the reason for those is because the mirrors that are on the James Webbs are the hexagonal mirrors, and you're going to get those. What's interesting about that is the stars that are closest closer to the, the aperture have the bigger star brights. So you can genuinely tell distances simply based on the amount of star bright that's coming off of them. So when you look at that deep field one, you can see really, really big bright ones. Just really think about it this way. Just just think of JJ Abrams producing those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's Lens flare in my eyeball. Right. I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't considered that one. So yeah, I mean, are, are these not all just crying out to be X-wing playmats? Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> especially the deep field. Well, the deep field one's good. Whenever the one that they did, all oh, what was the 
what was the nebula that they did? They found out was turned out to be a binary star system, not a, a single star system. They had the it was it was the one it's the star that's throwing off. I I think it's the ring nebula. Nebula. Someone's going to correct me in the comments at some point. But you took the you saw the photo that Hubble yeah, took. I'm a big fan of cosmic cliffs. That's good too. Like yeah. the, just the level of detail, the the amount. If you go out and download the actual high res photos on it and just zoom in, you can just keep zooming in and zooming in and zooming in, and the resolution is so high. It's yeah. I'm super excited to see what that thing. In the short time period that they had that up, they were already doing. Um, for those who are interested in how they can tell what atmospheres are living on other planets that are exoplanets, they use a, a, a method called um, the transition or it's not transition it's the oh, what's the word i'm looking for it's, yeah it's the tra- it's the the transit it's not transition it's, it's they're looking through the atmospheres of the planets i know but there's a specific word that they use to describe it whenever uh the trans- basically what they're doing is you got the, the star trans- in the background the way yeah. is it the transit transit thank you the transit method you have the star in the background you have the planet that goes in front of the star and just that little sliver of the atmosphere they yeah. can run the, the the light that passes through it to determine the 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 um, contents of that atmosphere they were already pulling stuff like that off of james webb welcome but- to lack of focus star talk <laughs> <laughs> i mean anyway, we can add it to a list of topics we talk about yeah. absolutely exactly. so yeah there, there's your sciencey kind of thing go out and check out those james webb photos they're fantastic they also <laughs> picked up a black hole just throwing that out there that they didn't know was there prior to yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's it for me. I've I've played some Warcry. Um, I've done some painting. Um, I've been pretty crap at being up to date on anything because I'm trying to do everything all at once. So yeah, there's a bunch of live stuff going on at the minute. Joe's um getting closer and closer to it being time for baby number two. Mm. So um that's adding more and more pressure i fly out to by the time this is live i should be in the uk uh, i fly to uk on the 18th so i've got to go and organize selling an apartment in dundee um, oh you so, are getting rid of the apartment yeah that's all set to go um yeah it's just get it all done but i book my flights uh while stampede is on so it's going to cost me a fortune but hopefully it just go sign everything over get it done and then i don't have to worry about it ever again i can't wait is that your last financial tie to to the uk yeah i'm not going to close down any of the bank accounts and i'll probably keep one of the uk credit cards just just in just case. in case oh, because you're going to go I, home and yeah i get that I, I I may have contacted the uh, the DVLA. Um, uh, that's a British UK driver's license. And I'm like, oh man, I lost my driver's license. Can you get a new one shipped out in like within fourteen days? You know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, so I because when you moved to Canada, I had to hand in my driver's license to get my Canadian my Alberta right. license. Right. So I now no longer have a UK license. I, well, I have one. I just don't have the physical stuff. Yeah, the physical. So, part. last time we we're in the UK, we went to get like uh, Jill's dad puts us on the insurance for her car, and they were like, "Oh, we can't. We weren't. We're driving it, and we weren't finding it. We weren't insured because we didn't have UK licenses." Oopsie. So yeah. So yeah. I'm like, "Well, okay. Well, we do, but I don't have any of the information. And if someone pulls me over, I can't show them the card." Mm-hmm. So um yeah i'm getting that so i just have to get that sorted out 
got a meeting with a Swiss on the twenty first. You know, it's all all going, so it's going to be fine. But. Good. I'm going to self correct on my on my uh, myself. It's the Carina Nebula. Uh, I, that was going to bother me if I got so don't you can if you're caps locking in the comments right now you can stop I got it right it was the Karina they will pause the show to already post it <laughs> they've already paused it so that uh, I, I would that. have yeah I self corrected so thank you all right so something new here we are going to pause for a moment for a brief advertisement and the pause is over <laughs> yeah welcome back all right so welcome back we are going to roll into the main topic for the evening uh one news. News. news 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 you're correct i will restart that all right welcome back and we're going to get into the news and while we may not necessarily be officially an x-wing podcast anymore as much as we quote unquote were there's still some amazing amount of X-Wing news that we would probably go through. So we are going to dedicate some time to stuff that was announced today as we were recording. They're doing their live stream. Chris, take it away, my friend. Oh, well, just want to caveat. I am going to cover more news than just X-Wing because we're not just an X-Wing podcast. So I trolled for all of the uh, the other stuff as well, which might be interesting to some people. Uh, but basically the big news which made me force like twist Ed's arm into adding the news segment in or back in was that it's mini extravaganza today for all the X-Wing content and there's been some really cool stuff that kind of answers a bunch of um, questions and concerns we've spoken about on the last previous iteration of the show where we were like I mean I, I was a, a vocal defendant of AMG not really being happy held to do anything because the license expires next year but the first thing that uh, is probably worth mentioning is on the stream they were talking about the five-year plan for x-wing so that bodes well to me you know five-year plan very interesting to me now doesn't it yeah so um, considered lfl could have changed their mind in any moment but that's still they're going into it anticipating a five-year plan yeah, so we have some big announcements. I'm going to pull just in the order that I think you guys will find most interesting. Um, so they're redoing starter packs, but there will not no longer be a core set. We're going to do faction starter sets. Holy crap, are they still listening to me again? I, I swear, mean, AMG, I'm here. I'm here for you. <laughs> I swear, I'm right here for you. I would love, love a, a consulting fee. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, so uh, four ships per, uh, per single faction starter set, um, and it should contain quick build uh, or standard world out cards. So that's the only thing you need to get, and you can start playing right away, and you'll have an interesting squad. Um, I've not managed to watch the stream myself, so all of this could be considered hearsay secondhand. So don't quote me on any of it, but I believe they said that... Just a little bit of salt. Yeah, I believe that they said that they will... Everything I just said, I I will stake my reputation on. The bit that I'm not willing to is that they said that they will be balanced against each other. So that the the starter set pods themselves will be internally balanced. So it's an interesting statement to make at the beginning. Uh, You never know with points adjustments over the years, how that will work out. But at the onset, they will be balanced. Yeah. Okay. You ready for some more? Uh, I do have questions. Uh, did they happen oh. to mention? Did they happen to mention if they were going to have like 
everything you need to play? Like, is there a damage deck in there? Are there? Okay, I've not watched it, so I don't know. Okay, uh, I okay. would expect so, but I cannot that's, confirm that because I've not watched I would it myself. Hope- I would hope yeah. that as well. Uh, I expect that at some point in the next few days there will be a video on YouTube on a Dice It channel going in-depth, breaking down exactly what they said and what we can take that to mean. Sounds but that good. content doesn't exist at the moment. I look forward to watching um, it. Maybe it, it will by the time this is live, because I can know. turn around stuff that I make myself quicker than I can do. If they, yeah, weird. Uh, so, so in the past future, there might be a... Uh, a <laughs> In the days of future past, stuff might have happened. Um, the the other one, ship reprints. They c- spoke about the tie bomber. Yay! The YT twenty four hundred. Yay! And the assault gunboat. Oh, too bad I sold those. Yeah. <laughs> Except for one. Oh, no, good. Good, you sold them. Oh no, yeah, good. I sold them. Yes. Yeah. Good cash in early before yep. the uh, get, the reprints I get sure your did. money is now I, d- I already yeah. did they're gone um i believe there was something about uh, the contents the they're gonna come with the current pilots that are in them some pilots may not be standard legal packs are sold with so i i'm gonna assume that this is in reference to no. dash or something like that now that's an um, interesting statement yeah, like they'll just be straight to extended kind of thing. Uh, but they will, uh, again, I believe they said that they will be including standard world out cards for these ships as well. So that'll be new content. So even if you own one, you probably want to pick up one. Right, exactly. Because you're there, as we saw with some of the other stuff that they did with those other loadout cards, there are going to be configurations and titles and upgrades that you may or may not have access to unless you're running those. I do find that is an interesting statement that they're going to be releasing them with standard legal pilots, which begs the question how much further are they going to support extended? Not that I'm saying I called that one, but I mean, I'm a big fan of, you know, let the past die, kill it if you have to. The one line I will take from that movie and we'll agree with. Um, The next one that you guys will probably appreciate. Um, So Worlds is going to be at Adepticon every year. Oh, Uh, every year. That's fantastic. So I'm reading this one from Ryan Farmer in the Fly Better Facebook group. So this one says, Clarity on organized play, Worlds will be at Adepticon every year, Star Championships are returning, and they will grant direct invites to Worlds. So yeah. there's, no, there's no Star Championships, Regionals, Nationals, Worlds. It's Star Championships. If you win your Star Championship, you get a, a ticket to Worlds. AMG. Oh, I'm here that for is you. so, so good. I'm here for you. Yeah, I, the, I, I'm here. From what I gather again this is hearsay and me kind of picking up on just random discord conversations whilst i've been i've been out all day at the calgary stampede uh and you know i x-wing wasn't my focus today so no real not apologies but not sincere ones sorry Uh, sorry but not sorry (laughs) yeah um they said that the the Ticket, the thing you'll get from Star Championships, lets you skip the last chance qualifier. So it's like a buy on the 
but so that that does that confirm as a last chance qualifier that Worlds is just open to? But you, well, again, because I haven't heard it, I, I will, I'm not willing to confirm that there's last chance qualifiers until I do more digging because I ethically report on things. So I'm also here for the click. So last chance qualifier. Yeah, there's possible. there's a distinct possibility that this yeah. is going to exist. Um, yeah. So that's going to be interesting um, because it, it's going to put a different emphasis on stored championships because I don't know about like Sean, you can probably attest to this as much as I did. Like I remember way back in the day of playing in stored championships that consisted of seven people. And that's going to put a much, um, much higher. I, I've heard 16 people. It is will the, be the minimum it, that will make it a star championship. Okay, even at that, that's that's a that's a one day event. Well, that's a I think four rounder. I, I do yeah. think that's I'm, why store championships were viewed the way that they were by Fantasy Flight. You know, if you go back to the original store championships in 2012 before 2012 Worlds, that's where you got the dark green focus tokens. Yes, I did. Okay. So that they didn't have regionals at that time that was kind of their regionals was store championships and and so when you when you look at that big picture like that it's it's basically the you're kind of going back to that methodology you know but i think this is just so much better yeah you know? i like well what it does is the way that it used to work for those who are not in the know for how x-men competitive play used to work back in those days you used to have your there was a whole season that ran through you had your store championships, you had your regionals, you had nationals, and then you had world. That was the, that was the track. Right. Every single one of those events along the way, with the exception of nationals, did not include an automatic bid to world. So it was entirely possible for you to go to a oh. regionals event, win it, and not get your auto bid into so, world. So 2012, 13, 14, and if I'm not mistaken, I can speak up to 15 there was no such thing as an, I mean, yes. As an auto bid. Exactly. Cause there's still no got you entry into worlds if you want a regional, but it wasn't like an auto bid system because they didn't really have a cap on openings from what I remember. Correct. You're right. Everybody who showed up in minute or actually it was everybody who could get in quick enough and buy your tickets prior to precisely, which is what which caused the complaint. bidding system to start to come into play in the first place. Right. Which was a complaint for a lot of the people. The one question I do have, and this is, this is where I kind of am interested to learn about store championships is what are the, what's the prize pool? Because one of the things about X-Wing, 20 to 2017 2018 was the prizes had monetary value and all still, of them did even those even those first in-house store kits that had the range rollers those things went right out. so i think we put a pin in this a little bit because i think a lot of it's going to tie into our main topic okay can okay. i finish one minor point before yeah the one minor point that i want to finish is kind of what i was driving at the if you happen to live in an area where a regional championship wasn't in your area you were sol you didn't get to go to a regional because it was 300 miles away or if you were in canada they only had two regionals for the entire country or you went to lived in brazil where they had zero Mm -hmm. and then your other, other option is to go to a nationals. That's one event. Whereas you have, and I'm not trying to pick the UK can have a whole bunch of little nationals in a very short geographic area. U S huge geographic area, 
won nationals. So if you were not fortunate enough to be able to make it to a regionals or a nationals, you did not get your quote unquote auto bid to be able to attend worlds and guarantee yourself a ticket spot there unless you find right. the, the ticket. I mean, I, I'm going to push back a little bit against the boo-hoo. I live in America and I only not, get I'm, to have one national event. Where's worlds every fucking year? I know. I know, but it's worlds and I get it. I 100% yeah. agree. So, first, so let's go and have Worlds a was a five and a half hour drive from my house. So, yeah. right. My and I made point, it, I made it five years in a row or four years <laughs> in a row. My yeah. point was that be, the ability to be able to go and play at your local game store, so assuming that 16 people show up and allows you to get a bid into worlds is a fantastic change. It also makes them, I mean, some people are still going to chase them. We did. We 100% did. We would go from, Store championship to store championship to store championship until you got your win, and then you'd be then you'd be okay. Yeah, like, like so this covers a lot of what I wanted to talk about in your main okay. talk. So, so we'll, we'll stop. We'll stop at that yeah. point. That was my only point. Um, it opens it up for more people, which I'm 100 yeah. percent on board with. Then they talked about some products. So, Hot Shots and Aces Pack Number Two is going to come out. So more, more, more cardboard. Uh, then they did Battle of Yavin spoilers, Siege of Coruscant spoilers. They actually played a game of Battle of Yavin, which is available on the Twitch channel. If you want to go and watch the VOD, I'm ready um, to do that. Yeah, looks like I have the lists here. So it was Luke Skywalker, Big Starkleiter, Wedge Antilles, Han Solo, Dutch Vander, Dex Tree, and Hull Oakland against Darth Vader, Backstabber, Mola Miffle. Dark Curse, Wampa, Iden Versio, Sigma 4, Sigma 5, and Sigma 7. Sounds so, like a very rebel heavy. And, very rebel heavy. I, mean, I can see the trench that you've got to fly down and oh. blow up the port. All right, I'm really, cool. really gonna to, I'm really going to have to go and see that. I'm going to see if they, yeah. I, I'm going to have to see how they play it because I'm kind of curious. Like, do you have to like restrict it to three ships on the trench because only somebody can fit? All right, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and then. I don't have this written down anywhere, but I believe they also spoke about um, some more product that's uh, in the pipeline. So they talked about more of these Battle of Packs. I believe they've done Battle of Yavin, Battle of Coruscant, then Battle of Endor, and I think they spoke about um, Battle of... Um, uh, not Naboo. Oh, man. Circular Base, and then... Jakku, that's the one. Jakku. Yeah. So, like, Jakku will be an interesting one. Jakku I mean, Endor will be, uh, Endor will be interesting because I don't think you just do another Death Star run. Oh, no, you'd have, to go into, you'd have to go into the superstructure. There has to be a whole a whole thing behind that. Yeah, that, that's, but, so that's, like, but you're already doing blowing up a Death Star in Yavin. Yeah. So what do, would me, you do? Those would, be, those would be cooler like Armada. Yeah, that's what I, because you want a Super Star Destroyer, don't you? Yes. Yes. I mean, well, you want the Super Star Destroyer and having all the Star Destroyers versus all the Mon Cal ships, you know? Yeah. But then Starkiller, I can kind of see being a similar one to Yavin, but just... And and that's fine. I have no problems at all with that. But then Jakku would be really interesting as well, because my only memory from reading the Aftermath series Mm -hmm. is that the the Nadiri Starhawks um, it gets that attractor lock on the Super Star Destroyer and drags it down to a planet as it's getting because it's getting pummeled, but they they can't destroy it quick enough, so it's just pulling the Super Star Destroyer into a gravity of the planet as they're trying oh, to blow it up. Yeah, that was but, uh, again. Rogue that one, doesn't feel it? like an X-wing game. Yeah. <laughs> that Rogue One. 
No, no, we've never seen that on film. Not in the I, that's the aftermath book series, which it's probably the, the highlight. Like okay. book two is pretty weak. I mean, this is again different topic. Book reviews. Um, the first book is the one that everyone instantly hated because it starts off being written in a weird tense or person. I can't think what the correct word for that is. The perspective of the book is strange. Um, and then book two kind of just feels weird because there's a lot of Han and Chewie going doing random stuff that doesn't really relate to anything. And then book three has the Battle Jakku in it, so it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That, that's the one you want to read. Yeah. Um, so that's what I have. So take a bunch of that with a pinch of salt, but um, the big things for me would be new starter packs, single player, which I really like. Then we have some I new... I think that's a fantastic idea. I think the guy that came up with that is a genius. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would agree if I thought we were talking about the same person. <laughs> I don't think um, we are. Yeah. <laughs> So I do have a release of the the week, I think, someone I want to highlight. I thought it could be something cool that we I, I do, we do, whatever. But uh, this week, the Call of Cthulhu starter box set for the RPG got redone and has been re-released. So I can re- highly recommend. I've not bought this starter set yet, but I'm going to pick it up as soon as I'm in the store tomorrow. But um, I've got the old one. Call of Cthulhu is a really cool system. Uh, I one of my favorites very very well done and um would recommend so chaosium do good work do high quality products go and pick up this new starter set um then games workshop had sorry go on if you want to i was just gonna say games workshop released the chaos space marine codex that is out and about so go out if you are a csms player run out and grab it they also uh recently leaked uh, something that we've all suspected for quite some time since they started actually printing Primarchs in plastic. Uh, if you go onto the Games Workshop, uh, I think it's the Warhammer. I think it's Warhammer, the, Warhammer community. The Warhammer community page. But if you go into the Warhammer um, YouTube channel, they released uh, Angron. Angron. Yeah. And so, they also simultaneously announced the release of the Chaos Demons Codex. Is that's going to be the next one in line? Yeah. Angron um, looks badass. That we we have. Angron, the Chaos Demons. You also have um, Warcry getting a new starter set, which moves the setting as well, which is pretty cool. Um, we don't know how much backwards compatibility is going to be, but hopefully they'll just do like card packs as they did for Warcry anyway. There is a new kill team that's been announced, which brings in some Kroot, so that's got a I special place that. in my heart. New Kroot dog, Kroot, Kroot mercenary player. You know, used to the, it. yeah. The I think they need to represent more of the another the non Tau, like the Vespids. The you know, get, get more of that into the Tau because they are a you know for the greater good. They are a collection of multiple races, not just the Tau. Uh they though. <laughs> uh they are still a thing. They're still pilots. No, I I mean what I'm saying is uh the Tau. Uh, uh, a nice friendly empire that welcomes oh, in no, races. No, no, no. They're absolutely brainwashed by their ethereals, but we'll go into that yeah. in another in so, another location. And then an interesting one for me personally, because I love the series, but there is a new um, Nathaniel Garrow 
um, novel coming out on novella. So I, normally it's like the audio book format, mm-hmm. but the um, being added to the Siege of Terror. So um, what's this one called again? Um, Night of the Grey. Oh, Night Garrow, Night of Grey by James Swallow, who wrote all of the that series. It's really cool. I love Garrow as a character, so I'm going to be picking this one up. I'm interested to see how it slots in because Mortarian is already featured. I'm not. I mean, can you spoil stuff that happens in the Siege of Terror? Not really. I mean, I say, the, yeah. I mean so Mortarian's already had his book. Yeah, the minutia so, we don't know, but we and, know and the Garrow outcome. isn't in that book. Right. So does Garrow die? Is this him done? I don't know. Yeah. It does say Knight of Grey. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe it gives you an idea where his fate ends up. Yeah, but I'm pretty uh, pretty happy with that. So that's my news for the fortnight. Still doing every two weeks. I, I was going to say a week, but yeah. For the fortnight. I probably will try and do a, a weekly roundup show, but for now it's getting thrown in here, so you guys get wrecked. You get to suffer through even more non-X-Wing content, but it doesn't matter because it's not an X-Wing show anymore. Not anymore. All right, that's going to do it for this side here. We're going to go ahead and take a pause for station identification right after this. I'm assuming that you wanted a commercial break between the segments. Yeah, if you fine. don't want that, I can just... No, I mean, up. I will take as many as you give me and we'll find something to put in them. Okay, it's perfect. Fine. All right, we're back. And in the main topic, we're going to be discussing something that is very near and dear to at least most of our hearts in some way or shape or form. When to start taking your games seriously. So I do want to do a caveat at the beginning. Taking a game seriously doesn't necessarily mean taking it competitive. It doesn't necessarily mean that it is your, you know, when at all cost, it just simply means taking the game seriously. Some people can interpret that myself included as to, I want to take my game up to the next level. I want to take a casual game that I really, really enjoy and get better at it, study it, learn it, pick it apart, know how to win those games and how to do it. Others can just be simply more like, I'm going to read all the lore of this book, of this game, and just continuously understand every one of my characters and every one of my Marines has a name. And I know all of his deeds because I keep a tome beside the table with all of his feats. So I will defer to the two of you. When I say something, a sentence like taking your game seriously, Sean, what does that mean? I would think in your venue, you're clearly taking the arcade games seriously at this point this is not just a light hobby for you is it uh is it one of those things where one day i'm talking about a raspberry pi the next thing i have an arcade in my basement yes yes that's a great example you know um yeah i mean i i I think uh I, i can go back to you know prior gaming experience with taking things seriously like with you know not an x wing podcast but it does go back to that where of course you know I jumped in pretty much headfirst into running X-Wing, you know, and taking that seriously and building a community that was a competitive community that fit in the old model of X-Wing where you wanted to get as many people to place at Worlds, to make day two at Worlds, you know, and we took it seriously. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of part of it. But I really think for most things, when you're talking about, especially like tabletop games, but it could be board games. It can be anything, you know, Right, precisely. 
you know, one of the things that, that I would always suggest is start slow, find what you like and play what you like, you know, and, and, and take it seriously to whatever level you a have the time to that you have the money to, and that you have the ability to, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of starting kids out young in board games, you know, even if it's not playing the game, maybe if it's a dice game, have them roll the dice for you, you know, because I guarantee you the kid's attention span isn't going to be very long, that they're going to be at the table bugging you. You get them to roll the dice a couple times, and they're going to be off doing whatever they're going to do. I see it all the time, you know, when I've been around friends with kids. I'm not going to lie, that's how Gabe got his start. He was my official dice roller for 40k games in the basement. Yep. You know, and, and it just depends. You know, I, I think... I think this is one of those tough ones because you and Chris come from a much larger background in 40k and, you know, those types of games where the competitive scenes, you know, I think when you play 40k kind of have to commit to it because there is no half assing 40k. Well, I would say, Sean, that you currently take 40k seriously. For what I've purchased, yes. For what I've played, no. no. Yeah, there's no, but that's what I mean. The you can't play yet because you're taking it seriously enough to want to get everything built and you know right. taking your time getting it done. There's that level of investment. It's not necessarily just financial investment to something, but like it. I mean, you can take. I'm not going to say D and D because that's still a chunk of money for some people. But like you, you can take playing any game seriously. Play like playing hide and seek if you're investing like seven hours a day playing hide and seek you're taking it seriously but right. that level of commitment and investment to it kind of dictates whether you take the game seriously or not so and like, so with that said chris where's that level of taking the game seriously and having a hobby you know and, and viewing it the as difference a hobby with, uh, well, do you not take your hobbies seriously i don't know like well, so but, it depends. Like, what, like so. For uh, example, if somebody had considered golf as their hobby, let, let let's take it out of like maybe the tabletop for a moment. I know plenty of people that consider themselves to be golf hobbyists. That means that you know maybe once a month they break they dust the clubs off and they hit they they hit the um they hit the holes or hit the course. Um, some maybe they they for Christmas they ask for new gloves because the ones that they had weren't. That kind of thing. That, to, in my mind, a hobby is a t- uh, something to pass the time. So I think I've got a better example. Sure, I can kind of go the other way with it. Uh, so it kind of rolls into what Sean was saying. Like, I, I have a kayak. I've got, I've got all of the stuff I need to go kayaking. My kayak hasn't left the storage in the in the garage for over, over eighteen months now. Obviously, hey, I live in Alberta, right? so six months of the year is written off because all the rivers and lakes are frozen anyway. But last year, I didn't take it out once. This year, I've not got it down yet. And it's because I don't take hiking seriously. Like, yeah. like I have the stuff if I chose to, yeah, I didn't. Because I'm not investing that time in doing it. But so, like, if you fish, if you take a weekend out of your life to go fishing... I think that I feel like that's taking it seriously. Like my my right. wife, for example, my wife absolutely loves fishing. What she will do, she did it tonight. We finished dinner. It's getting towards the twilight of the evening. She's like, 
I'm going to go run to the lake and go fish for a little bit. We have a perfectly stocked lake 15 minutes from the house, hops in the truck, goes, fishes for 35, 40 minutes, comes back. She will do that yeah. three to four times a week. Just yeah. that, oh, like, I, like that's how she blows off steam at the end of the day. Right. But I would consider that to be a hobby. I, she got a tackle box for Christmas. I mean, that's that tells you so like that's what she wanted for Christmas. Oh, what about would you say something like, "What are you willing? What where does it level on your priorities? Like, would uh, you cancel X to do Y?" See, that's probably a good one. That's probably a good measure because the measure that I was going to go is how much time are you willing to commit to it? So I've probably, called, I, I have called into work to run dungeons in WoW before. I've scheduled vacations yeah. to go to tournaments. Yes. I have yeah. scheduled my vacations around which events I wanted to go. And I have to, I've done that. I've 100% done yeah. that. I, I have a hard time with this topic and, and it's just because of who I am and the way that I'm built, but I am so, you know, it's, it's ironic, but before I started this quest of arcade games, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm, I have been diagnosed with autism late in life, of course, but one of the things that I never realized until probably this obsession is that I don't really have an in-between <laughs> like uh, like oh boy, I, do really, I know that feeling I, i'm really either not gonna do it or i'm gonna go all in they're, they're kind you know here, here's how i know this now thinking about it here's how i know it spent a lot of money on arcade games i can afford it i have the space i can do you know i can do it i own every uh edge of the empire and age of rebellion book um i own a ton of second edition a little bit of fifth edition because I'm not as into fifth edition as I was in second edition. Um, X-Wing, you know, I used to be the guy that bought four of everything so that everybody had the ability to play. Guilty. And when my son started playing, I bought two more of everything, you know, um, trying to think. I'm just looking around this room right now. Well, to camp under what you're thinking as you're looking around the room. So, for example, I can reach over and almost touch every book that freely games has ever put into alien RPG. I have sat down and played that for a short period of time with our folks on the show and probably haven't touched it since I haven't looked at the rules. Did I absolutely when heart of darkness, the most recent release that they're going to coming out that should soon be here at my house at any given moment, uh, pre-order it. Absolutely. Is it, am I going to crack it open, look at it and go, Oh, pretty. And then put it on the shelf. Probably. That is a casual game for me. Like, if I ever pick it up, I have everything I need to play. Otherwise, it'll just sit there on the shelf and look pretty. That is something that I consider casual. I have over 50 sets of Legos from small to large um, and would get more if I find ones that I want. Uh, You know, so when I look at the board games, you know, I have uh, the six by the six foot by six foot Calac shelf full of board games and board games on top of that. I have <laughs> two of the display cases with either Legos on top and inside or board games on top. So Magic the Gathering, I went overboard for about four years when my son and I started playing. So, you know, th- that's where this to me is really hard to hit that middle ground. What is the middle ground of this? Because to me, a lot of it's all or nothing, just the way that my brain is built. So, you know, what is a hobbyist to me? It's probably a person who's who dunks a lot of money into something, you know, and doesn't spend a lot of time doing it. 
yes, and then you spend very little time playing it because that's what. But a as lot long of as you're play. enjoying it, like I'm not, I'm not trying to shame anyone. Like if you, yeah. if you can afford it, obviously as long as you're, you know, you're paying all your bills, kids are fed, and if you can afford it, if you're, if it, you brings you enjoyment to have something sitting on your shelf that you can pull off the shelf from time to time and flip it open or read or crack it open or maybe, maybe play the game. That's fine. There's no, there's nothing. But I've, I think I would kind of push back a little bit on that for something like 40 K. I feel like you can't not play 40 K seriously because it's such know. an investment to get there. Correct. And it like, correct. That's true. Cause like, I, and, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, no. I mean, so the, and I was going to add in like, and it's four hours you need to set aside to play a game, like three to four hours. Well, it depends on the games you play. Like you can play, you can play kill teams a little bit smaller. Or no, but it's not, we're talking about 40 K. Yeah. yeah. No, not right, kill yeah. team, but yeah. So for example, one of the things I literally had to pull myself back from like, Oh, but you have the folks that sit down and play crusade and I wouldn't. And then I stopped and went, well, no, the folks that I play with at the store that play Crusade are very quite serious about that. Like they are, they've named their characters, they know the stories, they they are building a narrative. So while they are not top tier competitive players, only play match play, win at all costs, they're still having a good time. They are genuinely taking that quite seriously. Well, like they've got thick books of all their record sheets of every battle that they've ever done. It's really fascinating. So I would. Going back to what Chris said, there's a lot, there's a time sink in learning the rules. True. You know, and then when a new edition comes out, there's a time sink in trying to figure out new editions. And, you know, every, what, three months, six months, they put out new points. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot to it that's, that's interesting to me because, you know, being obsessive compulsive about stuff like this, that's the hard part for me is just sitting down and taking the time reading the rules because so for me so oh, i'm sorry god i thought you were done there i apologize well, there's just so much so much to those rules so one of the other things i would consider uh, when you're taking a game seriously is that you spend time on the game not playing the game now 40k is a really good example because there's a whole bunch of different rabbit holes you can go down you can get really really into the lore and like me i'm either listening to a 40k audiobook on the way to and from work or I'm listening to competitive 40K podcasts on the way to and from work. Or I'm watching, and I'm admittedly, I'm a YouTube junkie. I 100% admit this. I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm watching battle reports. It's not that uncommon for, ooh, I want to see the new, someone play the new Sisters of Battle with the new, sister, with the new rules. I'm looking up seven battle reports and spending 20 hours just watching someone play and learning what I can from them so that I understand the rules and how to play the game strategies that they're using the games, how they play against someone else. That's not on the tabletop, but it is me definitely taking that game quite seriously and learning. That's how I learned how to play X-Wing. The very first uh, exposure that I had to X-Wing after finding out about the game, you bought the starter set was hopped on YouTube. And I remember all, what was the name? Team Covenant. Team Covenant had done um, Worlds 2014. And I was watching the coverage from those games and watching Paul Heaver win um, his first championship with Biggs Walks the Dogs. I watched that game. The Bigs Walk to Dogs was second, I believe, the second one. Oh, that's yeah. right. No, that that Kenny won the first one, though. No. no, I know that, but Team Covenant yeah. didn't record that. There's no video of that one. So well, there's the only first... like 30 some people there, too. Right, exactly. 
But Team Covenant was there for the second one that Paul Heaver won. And I watched his game between him and Dallas Parker probably 35 times. So that when I went to my first regionals, I knew the rules. I knew strategies. They had several games that they had done. And then YouTube videos started popping up all over the place at that point of people playing the game. And I watched a lot of X-Wing. So when I wasn't playing X-Wing, I was thinking about Mm X-Wing. Just like now, when I'm not playing 40K, their words, Nurgle, 40K, or Marines or sisters get spoken in this house because Gabriel is also as wrapped up into it as I am. He's right now reading the Mortarian book from the Horus Heresy. We just, we spent, while I was doing dishes before I came to we spent 30 minutes just talking about 40K. Not playing the game, not on the tabletop. We He was sharing some fun stories that he had heard from that, from that book that he heard. That, in my opinion, spending time away from the game, but still with the game, is taking the game quite seriously. Studying, learning. Agreed. Tarion is just the name of a book, isn't it? It's from a Primark series. Yeah. I think I've read I'll have that to, one. I'll have to verify. Right now he was telling me he was telling me about how plague marines actually have homes and they're responsible for keeping their plagues in their home and that nerglings are considered to be little lords because they are lord they are miniature versions of the the lord nurgle and like they they are basically the comic relief they're like your pets and your dogs but they're also small representations of your god like he was just sharing all kinds of fun stories um he's he loves 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 the lore behind the death guards whether or not they are ever good or bad which is what you want if you're going to invest the money into a 40k army don't go for what's the best army in the game Go for the rule of cool. What you think looks cool, whether it plays well or not, it'll come around. Everything comes in cycles and games. They'll be good again. Just get what you want to enjoy. And that's what he's doing. He's he's so wrapped up in his army that he's listening to the books for that army. He even had here. I'll show you. We even have the Games Workshop Nurgling right here. He takes this with him when we go to game nights. This little guy comes with us. Yeah. <laughs> he's cute. I'm, I'm he, he for his birthday, he intentionally had me buy the Chaos uh, Nurgle Champion, not because he wanted the Champion Marine, because it came with sassy Nurgling, so that he put on <laughs> Mortarion's base. Yeah, that's taking a game seriously. I want a thirty dollar model for a five dollar bet. <laughs> yep. Oh no, it's a buried dagger. Was the one I read. I'll ask him. I'll find out that yeah. uh, I, it is the book that is about Mortarion during the Horus Heresy. And it explains what he, I think it explains actually what he was doing after, because what he said was that Mortarion, I guess what he did between the end of the Horus Heresy and current quote unquote times in 40 K was nothing. It, Nurgle is the, the God of entropy. So in homage to his God, he sat and did nothing and just rotted. Hmm. Uh, he's in um, obviously uh, Plague War and God Blight, um, a decent well, yeah, amount. They have to, yeah, he has him in Gilead. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's a bunch of good, good stuff. But anyway, that's off That's off topic. We, we, we've derailed just a little. That was kind of the idea of my thought process, though, is what do you consider a taking a game seriously? It doesn't necessarily have to be involved in competitive play. Take, you can take a game very seriously, and Gabriel has no interest at all in competitive play at all. He's definitely taking his game seriously, though. He's definitely studying that book. I have absolutely walked into rooms where he's got his app builder open, building armies. He's flipping through his codex. He's watching YouTube videos like 100%. Duncan Rhodes has probably gotten 80,000 views (laughs) 
from this house alone because we're watching painting tutorials on Death Guard because Duncan's done quite some some cool stuff with Death Guard. I think the um and it just reminded me because it just popped up on um my Steam friends list. Uh, one of the things that Greg would probably say is that like, thinking about the game outside of the game is basically. I, I do it with D&D whenever I've got like a character if I'm playing obviously if you're a DM in D&D you have to yeah you have no choice you're, you're committed but yeah like I work on like the the character development so I know how I want the character to re- how I, it stops being how I want the character to react and it starts just being how would they react because the character takes on a life of their own and they have their own things. So I try and figure that out and I, I'll mess around with the idea of doing voices and then never do them. And <laughs> we all try. I, I, I think I've, I have been accused of having the exact same vendor voice for every, every shop. It's the same guy. He, they're just cousins. They all have the same voice. They were all raised in the same household. No, I, I mean, as a DM, it's hard, but if you're just playing a single character, then you have time to develop that. And that's right. what I'm talking about. It's like I'll work on I, like I think the wizard I played in the in the crates game um was um kind of softly his voice was supposed to be softly based on like Hagrid and like he had trying to get those mannerisms down of like, oh I, sh- I sh- probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh that's right that's right it was based yeah. off of uh Hagrid, I yeah for record, yeah. for record though like that's one of the things like, i absolutely love critical role i've i've watched quite a few of their campaigns not every DD player is a professional voice actor oh, no. not a professional actor and what you see on there it's probably one of the best and worst things to ever happen to dungeons and dragons a it brought a lot of visibility to the game fantastic more people playing DD is a better world in my opinion However, that set some a level really, of expectation that, yeah, that is really high playing. expectations yeah. on yeah, what there's a lot of a lot of a lot of YouTubers out there that try to meet that expectation. Yeah, I will say the best advice I ever got about DMing is every single store runner is the same person in every single one. <laughs> so if it's Bob, if your store person is Bob and runs every store or runs a the first in every single in is bob from that point on yep he's just that a chain absolute best because people don't uh, believe there's a, a viva la dirt league uh, yeah i love sketch, viva i think dirt just came out the, yeah, the, the, how the vendor beats you to yeah 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 their their epic um, NPC man is just incredible yeah. if you ever watched that whole series I'm gonna have to pick that up and start watching that. That sounds good. It's yeah. it's really good, but it it's um, other stuff. The, too, but... Is it Bodger? Uh, Bodger, I think, is Bodger, the blacksmith. Uh, yeah, um, and he's like, "Oh, adventurer, you've uh, completed the quest. Here's your item now. If you head head through the the forgotten woods, you'll come to a new, basically, a new location, and it's fraught with perils." So it shows you like him climbing up the mountain and yep. like having this arduous journey through, and then he gets to the other side and bodges. Uh, it's like, oh, adventurer, you made it safely. It's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> how the hell did you make it through all of that? Yeah, it's kind of like a, the the concept of Epic NPC Man is kind of a Skyrim and WoW mixture. 
Oh god, I'm definitely looking that up. <laughs> oh yeah, it's and if you go, they've got a bunch of really good series. Viva de, Viva La Dirt League were uh, I think it was like seven, five or seven that started out. They were all StarCraft players and StarCraft Two players, and then they started doing parody songs. <laughs> Rowan has a decent voice. He's the one that plays Bodger. Um, and then Adam, who plays kind of like a lot of side character, he plays the oh, 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 oh if you ever watch him, you know. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they're, I like the board series, so it's just board is growing. Adam, yeah. And, yeah. board is incredible. They've done a couple other things that I've really liked. Um, yeah. But it, it's really entertaining because it really fits that, you know, it fits that gaming world, you know, kind of like what we're in. They fit in there too, you know, and but they're making fun of it all at the same time, which is incredible. You kind of have it, to. Yeah. The the best to me, the best board. Have you seen Chris? Have you seen the board when they give Ellie the the um Oculus and she starts playing starts playing on, you know, the the uh what is it called? Real or what the hell is it? Virtual reality. Virtual reality. Yeah. That is the best episode they've ever made is when Ellie is playing that because you got Rowan, um, you got two of them that are there and then Ellie gets in and I don't want to spoil it because it is just unbelievable, but yeah, I, I've been a fan of even the dirt league for six years, seven years. I originally, I backed them on Patreon and stuff and, but they've gotten a lot bigger than they were. You know, they're, they're yeah. But I I gave them a dollar on the latest Kickstarter. Yeah, no, no rewards. Just have a dollar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're, uh, they're they're from New Zealand, you know, and they're yeah. they're stepping up to the next level, you know, of what they're doing. Yeah, I, it's I really follow good. Would, would recommend. They yeah. take the hobby seriously. Clearly, they definitely do. They definitely do. Well. Unless anyone has any other points that they want to hit on, we are in an effort to try to shorten the distance and the amount of time on the shows. So I think that was a good stopping point, question mark? Um, Yeah, so the only one I would, because obviously I said I'd tie stuff into the X-Wing stuff we're talking about for Star Championship. Sure, of course. Cool. Um, Yeah, one of the things that I would fear, especially if the Star Championship is going to be a path directly to Worlds, is that you will get sharks. Yeah, you'll get snipers. I, yeah. I, admittedly, I did it. I 100% admit, freely admit to when I remember uh, Ryan um, Fleming from the local pit, uh, Pittsburgh group uh, would post in the X-Wing Pittsburgh Facebook group, here is a list, a Google map of every store championship around us. And it would be like 25 or 28, whatever the heck it was. And we would quite literally coordinate our efforts to go from store championship to store championship to store championships. We drove all the way out to Ohio and played in stores that I've never played for before and have never played in again, simply for sniping. We a hundred percent did that, which is going to happen for this. In sniping is an interesting thing when, you know, cause a, it's a competitive game, so people travel. That's, that's you know, people travel to Adepticon to play in those big tournaments. They're going to travel to smaller ones. But what I saw towards the end of my paying attention to it is you started seeing stores cap. You know, yeah. they put caps on it where, and and they wouldn't announce it either. You know, there's a lot of stores that wouldn't announce their store championships because they wanted only locals. You know? I never encountered that. Uh, I, I, I did. I, I, I did, did hear stories like that. 
I had yeah, heard I did stories I had of. People, I, I would have people message me, hey, how can we do that? And so I'd give them ideas on how to do it, you know, because they just want their lo- store championships, local community, you know. Wasn't the problem with it, though, like, didn't you have to turn that in? I think the problem, at least in those early days, 2014, 15, 16 area, is that you could go on to Fantasy Flight's website and find a store championship near you, which means that the yeah. store had to have I think it was more of a regionals with a bigger one. Yeah. The one that got you the invite to Worlds was the big one that Correct. I, I saw. Like, we had people fly in from Vancouver to play in the Calgary. Is it Armada? Um, definitely Imperial Assault had people come and try and snipe, but we had a relatively strong Imperial Assault group anyway. And that was always annoying because I had to run them so I could never play in it to try yeah. and win. And that's like Imperial Assault was my competitive game. Um, and then, um, yeah, there's definitely, it's going to happen. And as we were speaking about earlier, you can take your game seriously and not be concerned about competitive play. And that just means that if these high-level players are coming in to try and snipe your smaller local meta, you just have to be okay with it. Because yep. if you're not, that the onus is on you to get better. Yeah, we had a friend. We had a friendly rivalry with the uh, the West Virginia group, and I remember going down to their store championship, which I think is the one that Chad won. Um, they came to one of the Pittsburgh ones. The West Virginia team came to the West Virginia uh, to the Pittsburgh store championships uh, and won that one. So someone from our group had to win that one to kind. Of, it, it built a friendly rivalry. Um, the only thing that I will say, though, I do recall specifically when we went. I we went to one in Ohio. We were. It was a store that was in a mall. We were quite literally playing in the hallways of the mall because we had exceeded the capacity for the the store there. And they literally set up tables, folding tables out in the the hallway. We're playing there. My very first game was a guy that like had played five or six games of X-Wing. He's like, oh, I just heard they were doing something X-Wing here. I've never seen this many people in the store. And I told him where I was from. He's like, you drove all the way here for this. And I had to explain to him, you know, some people, I up until with the exception of those uh, assault boats that we talked about earlier, I've never sold anything that I've ever gotten from there. But some people definitely assigned a very high dollar value for some of those alternate art cards and some of the, the and that's the reason why people were worth it. That was worth it for them to drive out there to be able to do that and he goes oh well, i just wanted to get some games in i'm like cool well, it would be fun that you if you you paid your money to get the tournament you will absolutely get five games of x-wing in today that's one of the problems i had with people in general in the community is but they have other events when it uh, when it becomes about that i personally I, kind of just get off get i've I 100% agree with you. I've just tell me been... before we play, and I can concede, and then I can go and just not... We can either play a fun game, because you've already won, or else, you know, I just, I can't. I don't, yeah. I don't gonna... care enough anymore. And, that, that, and admittedly, I was in a very different headspace with my gaming at that time, but I remember having, I distinctly remember having that conversation and thinking to myself, it is a store championship tournament i if i were just going to want to pick up a game just to pick up a couple of games i don't know that i would have selected a no i'm not talking about taking it seriously to try and win a ton if you're going to try and make money oh yeah no absolutely that's that's where i think x-wing started to derail is because at that point i was the line between winning money because of your skill and just straight up gambling 
Right. I'm going to spend 80, 80 bucks on my entry fuel and like food mm. yeah. to try and win $200. Like, yeah. Well, would you not be better just finding a bucky and taking, yeah. you know, or a couple of horses or, or yeah, yeah just putting in the slots? Blackjack. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where's yeah, the line? I mean, and that's I, what I, 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 well, I saw that, Chris. You know, we saw yeah. it in 2015 when people made the top eight at Worlds. And right. the, I have heard the phrase, I have to make the cut to pay for having come. Right. I have too. Yep. Like, I have a hundred percent. Like I I have to. Not if I I have to. I'm like, you know what, man? If you ever like like I've made a lot of bad life choices. <laughs> but <laughs> you're looking at a, a room full of bad life choices here. Yeah. So that the that's the line that, for me. I, I will be honest though with that line, Ed. None of them are a lot bad life choice because you have a memory. Correct. And I've never put myself in a financial position where my gaming ever, 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 ever interfered with the finances of my family. My kids have eaten. There's always a roof over their head. I always have gas in my car. I can always make it to work and I always have a job. This is a hobby. I do take hobbies seriously, but I am fortunate enough that I have enough of a disposable income that if I dump, I don't know, a couple of hundred dollars in old PlayStation three games that sit here whenever I get a chance to play them where I don't, I'm okay with that. I've not risked my family's futures on that. The idea that's a lie. So so one thing I, you guys played magic. So you like, sure. I'm just going to max out my overdraft so I can play this draft. All right. So admittedly, when I was playing in drafts, though, those cards had hardly any value. If I played in drafts 100% where I cracked open my first pack, pulled a $40 card and said, yep, no, that's mine. I could care less. So the the way, yeah, the way they used to run. So the way they used to do it uh, was when uh, the star used to play in the UK, this a long time ago, is that. They, you'd draft a full box, and then all of the rows would be drafted at the end in placement order. Yeah, so if you I took think. it in the draft, that's one thing. You get to keep everything that isn't what legendary or above, whatever the money, I've the done money that. Like So I remember yeah. we did what we used to do for shits and giggles when we, we would just buy a booster box, and like the whole idea would be everyone chipped in 10 bucks. We got a booster box, they're about 80 bucks. You've got eight people. Everyone builds decks out of the cards they draft, and then if you lose, you put all your cards into the box, and then at the end, whoever wins it wins all the cards in the box. I've totally done that for fun. However, like with the standard organized play that uh, wizards puts out for f, f um, friday night magic that's not that, like they people run drafts all day long people love kicking off drafts so they have like five or six people they'll kick off a draft and it's just three packs and when we went to yeah. the almond cat one i i pulled one of the the legendary cards that came out of it and went nope i won i could care less what i legitimately i played the games didn't win didn't matter i pulled a 122 dollar card out of my very first pack I won. Even the guy that won the event didn't win because I won. Magic is kind of that misnomer where I think it is anyway, where you can have a great night by pulling a single card and you can have a great night by winning all your games and Mm -hmm. top eighting or top four. It's because with magic, those cards aren't instant money. You know, 
because you want those cards to build other decks because you're stupid yeah. you're gonna you're gonna pull a jace the mind sculptor that at the time was like 200 bucks you're not gonna sell it to the store for 50 right then and there you're gonna keep it because you could build decks that would absolutely allow you to get more cards with x-wing you know we saw it in 2015 the moment people hit top 16 they had already sold their flipping dice dude we went we got when we moved on from day one to day two, we literally walked from the game center to the hotel, got into the hotel. There was a game of X-Men going on there. The guy had three sets of world's dice in front of him, mm-hmm. paid $500 a pop for those two sets and was playing a game after he had played. What, what do we do? Six games that first day had played yeah. six games on that first day, played another game. Cause he wanted to use all of his world's dice. Absolutely. What witnessed oh, yeah. that? See that saw that happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the thing, though, you know, when Chris was talking about people who say that they had to, you know, they had to win to pay for their trip, you know, I'd go up and we'd have five guys in the hotel. I'd be on a mm-hmm. cot corner. Literally, that's what I did. So we could I cuddled with Chris. <laughs> yeah, I had a cot in the corner, you know. We didn't cuddle. I swear we were in different bits. You know, but it was, you know, that's how we did it. You know? I think I've shared rooms with all of you at some point. Yeah. We've all been in a together. I'm just throwing that yeah. out there. <laughs> well, that's all I got for this. Yeah, anyway, I that's think... That's a good uh, word. That's a good spot re- to re- Rehashing that topic just to uh, keep us going for a bit longer. But yeah, that's where um, where I am on, com- on taking games seriously. So that's what my hope... To, to, to end that one, to, my final point on that one, my hope would be that... The problem came, comes in is during COVID times, a lot of the brick and mortar stores locally shut down and have not reopened their doors. Um, unfortunately, the some stores are not as well managed and having the door shut during COVID times forced a complete closure of the store. So I'm hoping when the list of store championships comes out in the local area that it's as vast as it was in the past and you still have enough um, sufficient space. But yeah, I, I don't think that there's any other way around it. The upside is that once you've won one, you can stop. So maybe if your store championship is later in the season, maybe you'll luck out because all the sharks have already won their tickets and they've moved on. And then you can still have your local guys you're playing against. Yeah. If you're early in the season, you're one of the first two or three in your local area that's in the season. Expect a rough go of it. All right. That's going to do it for our main topic. I'm going to kick this one off to Chris to do some of the closing stuff. Yeah. So um, we're still kind of working everything out. So this is very much a work in progress show. Um, The audio format should be out on time. The video isn't going to come out immediately because we don't have an overlay um, and background and everything yet because we're still bouncing around design ideas for how we want to change the logos and everything. So this will come out in a VOD at some point in the future, but until that time, you know, unlucky, you just have to listen to us. But we are going to kind of roll it back a little bit, as you probably figured out. We're going to keep Lack of Focus as the name. What's probably going to happen, well, it, well, definitely has happened, is if you listen to us on SoundCloud, which was a Dice Hate um, feed on SoundCloud, that is going away. You will be able to find us on what is currently the Lack of Focus feed on Podbean, but we're probably going to switch the name of that one, which will ruin all of those RSS feeds as well. So 
there's going to be a bunch of reshuffling and we're going to take the hit. We know that it's going to affect how easy it is to find us. It's going to ruin all of the fact that we're on Spotify and everything like that. And it's just a hit we're happy to take because I think this is going to let us kind of structure better and move forwards better. But what's going to happen is you'll basically be able to find us on the dicehit.com. Go there, there's going to be a link to all of the different shows that we have. There'll be links to the the YouTube, um, I forgot what the words are now. If, if they end up with the wrong YouTube channels or sub-channels or if it's kind of a, um, God, what the hell is the word that I'm looking for? It's, it's like a series. Um, yeah. Um, let me click on something. Playlists, that's a card. <laughs> I I'm, I'm swear I've got Sunstruck being out all day but yeah so there'll be playlists on the youtube channel but basically dicehit.com is now live there's going to be a lot of functionality still to be added as i mentioned previously i am probably going to move away from each separate thing having its own patreon there will be a way to sub through dicehit.com and there'll be its own level of benefits there or else you can sub on dicehit on patreon as well so those are still active for now at some point i think everything will probably try to transfer over to dice but that's the best place to go it doesn't have new articles at the moment because they're still being written but there is content there it's got like pictures of a studio and everything's kind of getting added as we go there is a good good an article that was relatively well received um, looking at when it's okay to not play, which kind of touches on the topics that we've had uh, today as well. So you can give that a read if you're interested. I'm going to try and do at least one like decent written piece every uh, every month. And then I'll, I've, I want to do more, but I can't commit to everything all at once. There is um, going to be a review section as well, so we can start doing reviews of stuff that isn't just uh, an unboxing video. And yeah. That's where everything has been um, focused, not lacking in focus. This is where all my effort has been going, is getting that set up to be a proper home for us again. That does mean that stuff's probably going to change around on Facebook as well, but we've we've not really discussed what's going to happen. I'm probably going to get rid of the lack of focus podcast group because just join the Discord, it's better. Yep, agreed. Uh, we can convince Chad to just post memes in the Discord, it'll be fine. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, but the lack of focus art is, is probably still fine to keep uh, some social media pages for itself. But we, again, we've not really decided anything. We're going back and forth. We were going to use Dice Hate podcast as the main podcast, but like... Uh, we ramble a lot, you know. Lack of focus really does fit with what the show is about, so um, <laughs> it kind the of became really easy. The news of our death was greatly exaggerated. <laughs> yeah. We palpatined it. If you didn't play Fortnite, you wouldn't have heard about it. That's right. <laughs> uh, anything else you'd like to add? No, one I think that's thing. it. So, I, I have one oh. thing. Just the format change is who will be hosting. Exactly. Oh, yeah. So, so we do need to talk about that. 
Sure. So I, uh, to ease transition, plus I was also, I was also the one that suggested a whole bunch of show ideas that we kicked into. Uh, I took the role of host for this one, but we are going to be doing a rotating host. So the next episode that you have will be whomever brings the topic to the table. It will be their opportunity to host the show. So at this moment, as we're sitting recording this, I don't know who that's going to be next, <laughs> next time we record, but I'm sure yeah. we'll have it all squared away in two weeks when we sit down to do this again. <laughs> So one thing we should add on that as well, whilst we spoke about a bunch of different show ideas last time and what we could do, we're kind of still in the, we record lack of focus every two weeks. We've not really touched on if we want to do one of those other shows where it kind of fits in. Ed's got some plans for doing um, a 40k show and that, that'll occupy a different time slot, as it were. Correct. So there might be instances where lack of focus releases every two weeks as you're used to, or there might also be cases where a show releases every week. Uh, we've, we've not really nailed that down. But. Uh, that would uh, that would be the ideal situation. Uh, to full disclosure, our attempt was going to be recording on the nights that we don't do this show, the weeks we don't do this. The opposite week, we would be recording Heresy Cast. I still like the name. We're going to keep it, I think. So I think we're going to we're going to like for example, I've got if my plan is to do that, I think uh, Gabe, Chad, and myself are going to get together um, probably on Monday night and just sit down and have a conversation about how we want to handle it. Uh, and then probably two weeks after that, we will sit down and do a full record of episodes zero if we're still doing episode numbers um, just to kind of get the technicals worked out. But that is my intent is that every two weeks. So ideally on the Dice Hate Network, you will be getting at least a show every week. Yeah. And like I have plans to work on other content and have, I think, a way of structuring things so I know in my head how I want to lay everything out. And I, this has been the flagship. This was the show that I deliberately kept going so that I was still doing stuff. But like the decision has been made that Dice Hate isn't going to fold. I need to actually make it work as a business. So there, uh, there is going to be monetization things in there there will be a store that you can buy stuff or we'll have merch i am gonna try and make it stop being something i do for the sake of it and it will try to make it successful and what that success is is varied i i'm hoping that the main monetary drive isn't from uh from the audience i'm not I'm hoping that I don't have to rely on you guys just giving us money. Like we might have fundraisers. Who knows? We'll see how it goes. Um, Sponsors would be nice too. We'll work on that if we can. But again, basically, kind kind of building it up so that we can do that kind of stuff is what we need to focus on. Of and course. Where you, where you, the listeners, can help with that is obviously it's keep listening, make sure you're actually subscribed on the different forms of social media, make sure you follow me on Instagram, make sure you go to the Facebook page and like the Facebook page. If we do end up shifting from like the lack of focus Facebook page and moving everything to a Dice Hate one, we need to make sure that those people come over and that we we just build the branding as much as we can and hopefully that'll lead into different things. But yeah. 
that that's it really. There's a bunch of um stuff I need to work on which I can't really commit to until I get back from the UK just because of time investment. But then after that, I'm probably going to be a terrible parent because like Joe's off for a month, hopefully before the birth of child number two. And then I'm absolutely, I was like pretty useless with newborn through to six month old. And then Joe went back to work and I took over. So that gives me theoretically like, five months to get everything going before I have to become primary caregiver again. So we'll see how that goes. Should be fun. It's an adventure. Yep. Yeah. You've already been there and done that. It shouldn't be a surprise. No, it's well, the thing I need to do is get everything in place so that it's easy to keep doing. Yes. If everything isn't ready at that point, it's probably not going to be. So I'm putting myself on a clock. And I was just going to say you were, the clock has started. Yeah, and that's like, I've submitted my business plan. I've applied for a bunch of um, like financial, um, basically looking at getting a business loan to restructure how a company works and develop some manufacturing for different things. I don't want to talk too much about anything, but like I said, I've got these base rings that I've made. I've got the portions of healing that are going to come into the online store all of the acrylics that we have already. I did um, a post on Instagram where I've been working with a sentry box to give away some Warcry acrylics. Depending on what happens with the new version of that game, if they're still valid, maybe I'll transition those into a real product. So there's going to be some product lines hitting the store that people can buy and stuff like that. So, um, But yeah, there's, I think... I mean, I, I've spoken pretty openly about the company financials in the past, but and it's... I mean, I don't really mind. Like the 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 company is in debt for like twenty two thousand dollars to like the bank, and then it owes me seventeen thousand dollars. So obviously, I, I that seventeen thousand dollars doesn't matter. That's how much it's cost me on top of the money that the company's made. So I've probably put like $100,000 of my own money into Dice over seven years of like keeping everything running. And that uh, that sounds worse than it is because obviously buying the products that I do reviews for and talk about and stuff is all included in those costs. And like having a computer to use and talk to you and all of the hosting and all of that, it, it's not an insignificant amount of money to do this. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to work it's or it's going to go away like the doing the business plan i am making money this year i'm working pretty damn hard to make that money which is why i need to shift it away i think i was doing like between looking after evie doing stuff for a sentry box and then trying to do dice stuff i'm probably working like 60 hour weeks right, at, at a minimum so there's a reason why I'm probably a bit of a dick a lot of the time, but you know. <laughs> oh, that's the reason. <laughs> yeah, th- these bags are going to keep getting deeper, you know. But yeah, like I think I've made a profit every month this year for Dice. There you go. So like it might only be $50 and a lot of that profit might come from me having to run a bunch of events for a sentry box that I'm actually like 
other star work in 12 hour days to do and then but if that's what it takes to get to make it work that's what it takes and it's it's worth it for me i enjoy it for the most part you know but i would like to shift the the emphasis into more of this side and i need everyone's help to make that work but that just means that i have to give you good high quality content i keep talking about dice producing so that you can then take it and do things with it so check out the articles and read them and tell me if they're good tell me what you like what you don't like like subscribe follow all those fun things i need to be better yeah i need to be better at doing that as well because like we never i never push it because i'm terrible and i need to get better at but that's why I elected a young person to do that for me. Yeah. Like, comment, subscribe. Yep. But no, doing, I think uh, I would really love as many people as they can to just join the Discord and give us feedback and talk about what they like, what they don't like. Because I'm not, it's weird. It's self-fulfilling prophecy. Everyone who's in the Discord at a minute likes us because why wouldn't you, why would you be in the Discord if you didn't? So just, you know what I mean? Yep. Get those so negative comments in there the, as well. The content shift and everything else. Yeah. Because it's no longer, we'll call it pseudo focused content, you know, because we really were never focused on anything specifically, but it had a, you know, we had an X Wing podcast that was a 40K podcast and everything else podcast. So, well, my theory with this one is in the short term, we should take a slight drop in numbers as the the topics are going to be random that we're picking to talk about but as we get better on focusing on those topics and talking about them in a an entertaining and like i'm not going to say concise but you know um a more focused manner then each thing should have its own value and will stand on its own as content so then we can grow through that rather than yeah, X-Wing's a good game, and people who like X-Wing will listen to our show. So, yep. yeah. But there it is. That's it. That's an extra long closing thoughts for uh, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on all of the socials. They're all in the description below, you know. Click on them and click like. Follow follow my Instagram. I've been working really hard at Instagram. It's so tiring. You have been. You have been. I've been I've been knocking that out of the park. My, I feel like I'm getting notices daily now. Yeah, I actually scheduled posts. I was at the stampede with Evie when my post went up today. Good, good. Because I, I use a meta business suite like a boss, that's like a pro. How you, <laughs> that's how you do it. All right, yeah. so that is going to do it for our first episode back in the new format. Looking forward to talking to everyone next time.